0: You may be seated. I am so thankful that I did not die or the rapture did not take place before 2020. I'm glad to be here in 2020. I've learned things about Jesus in 2020 that the devil wishes I would never know. Amen. And I'm so glad to be at Christian Life with my longtime friends, brother and sister Chance, and sister Chance. Oh, I love when you get on Facebook at that old piano and go to work. Holy cow. I love that. love that. Amen. It's a different day. It's a different... You used to just come to the pulpit with your Bible, but now you... Uh, you bring a mask, hand sanitizer, and uh, let's see, cough drop, handkerchief, whatever it takes. The church is in great shape. Great shape. Carrie, good to see you, good to see you. So good to have my favorite keyboardist in the world. I'd love for you to travel with me. Can you and Bethany live on $50 a week? (laughs) I love this church, I love this family. And I hope that Jesus has no doubt in his mind and heart that I love him. Uh, My subject today is what I know far outweighs what I do not know. There's so much that I don't know. I came home from because of the times this year. Very, very sick. Spent five days in isolation in the hospital. They diagnosed it as type A flu. We had never heard the word COVID at that time. I think I had a precursor of it. Uh, I was terribly sick and, and then there's been wildfires on the west coast and I really feel sorry for those people up north where it's 50 degrees this morning don't you just your heart's broken for them and, and uh, then a couple of weeks ago very overweight woman with terrible breath named Laura stepped into our community and uh, rearranged things, destroyed some of our churches. The church that my wife and I attend, Living Way, is no more. It, uh, the church that I pastored in Moss Bluff in, for 17 years is in the process of being torn down, what's left of it. And then one of my daughters in law lost her father three months ago. My other daughter-in-law lost her father Friday morning at four o'clock. My son and daughter-in-law in Moss Bluff, Justin and Nathan don't have a house to live in and her parents don't have a house to live in. They don't have a church. Uh, we're going to have to have his funeral. At the Delissa Cox Center on the campground. I guess I've thoroughly depressed you this morning. That's okay, Brother Toby. I'm preaching right now. I know it don't sound like it, but I am. Uh, No electricity. I don't know why the Lord spared Joan and our house. i'm I'm going to meet an adjuster Tuesday about it for the insurance sake, but uh, we were spared many of our friends it just tore up. Man, I'm glad I didn't miss all of this. And I have watched church after church after church after church, and pastor after pastor after pastor, like Danny Chance and Christian Life, pour their resources into our area and feed and cook and send supplies and buy generators. You don't hear much about it on national news because no police car has been burned. No police station has been besieged. There's been no riots in the streets. It's just people helping people. Seems like the Bible feels like we should do that. Uh, I'm glad I I know that. I. I told Sister Mahoney last night in the hotel as I was preparing these notes, I said, I've got more notes here than Paul Harvey. You need to pray that I can keep it short. She said, I think I'll pray for us. And (laughs) that's what you get for being married 47 years. There are more things that I do not know, but that was not my title. My title was, what I do know far outweighs what I do not know. I heard Brother Tenny say often, God does not measure your prayer, he weighs it. uh 1 teaspoon of pure neutron now I don't want to get fancy here I'm not that smart but I read it on Google and you know they can't put it on Google if it's not true pure neutron the size of this cough drop that's what's formed When a star implodes and it forms a black hole, now that's what they tell us, I can't prove any of that. A black hole is a massive void of emptiness. No light escapes it. But when a star implodes, all of the mass... is condensed in such a sm- much smaller place and that forms pure neutron. Boy, I, I sound smart and I, I ain't smart. Don't you wish you were as smart right now as you were when you were elected at Sandy Lake? <laughs> Boy, when I was first elected pastor at 23, I knew some trash. <laughs> this much pure neutron would weigh about 10 million tons. Not not because of uh, how big it is, but the mass is condensed. Densed into such a small place. Now that, that's a strange. Statistic I know. When you know. A hymn. You can't compare that. Knowledge. To knowing that Sandy Koufax. Struck out 382 batters. In 1965. Or that. That. Abraham Lincoln was six foot four inches tall or that there are 60,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries in your body. Again, I can't prove that, but that's what they say. To know him far outweighs any other knowledge. Any list of things that you don't know is far outweighed by what you know Him. That's why Paul said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. So what I know. Now let me read my text. This was my father's favorite scripture. It's on his tomb today. Romans 8 and 28 begins with these words. And we know. (sighs) And we know. No guesswork. You know, some experts say absolutely you must wear a mask. Some experts say wearing a mask is dangerous because it causes you to breathe in too much carbon dioxide. Brother Tenney defined the word expert as a has-been drip. And... uh I I don't know. Politics, we're living in a time of tumultuous politics. You listen to one radio channel, then you change channels, and you get a completely different story. Uh, I, I, I would encourage you to not vote your values. Don't vote your conscience. Vote God's values and God's conscience. I've always said I am an ex, extremely pro-choice as long as the baby gets a vote too. I shouldn't say stuff like that as an evangelist, but it's truth. I, I don't understand how all of this relates to the end time. The events, there are people that are studying it and teaching on it, and etc. I'm the wrong guy to ask because I've been sitting on go since the Six Day War in 1967. You remember John Kershaw wearing his Arab guard at youth camp when he preached for us. 1967. I've been ready right then. I mean, I thought it was, I thought Jesus was coming that night. And so I've been waiting 53 years. I'm still waiting. And uh, we'll continue to wait. But but Paul said, we know. Uh, So let's find out what we know. Well, we know first of all, that all things, all things. Now, we, we, we're in a nation that uses a lot of cliches. I remember one time my oldest son, John, came up to me in the foyer of the church and said, Daddy, can we go to Pizza Hut? Everybody's going to Pizza Hut. And I got a little flash in my mind of at that time it would have been about three and a half billion people lined up outside that little pizza hut on 61 South in Lake, in Natchez, Mississippi. He didn't mean everybody. We, we always say that. Everybody, you know, you never, I had a couple come into my office all fired up one time and Uh, you could tell there was a thundercloud hanging over their head and the whole issue was, she said, Brother Mahoney, he never says I'm sorry first. If I had been a wiser pastor, I would not have answered like this. But what I said, I said, well, let's me and you take him back behind the church and pick up a stick of wood and whip him that's That's the most awful thing I've ever heard in my life. But, but when Jesus says all things, he's qualified to use that term. It means that there's no fences. It means that there's no except that follows that. Luke 1 and 37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. <clears throat> when I was in Bible school, I, I studied a little bit of Greek and a little bit of Hebrew, which I do not know now. But I, in this extensive study, I studied that word nothing that's found in Luke 37 to determine its real meaning. And I, I learned that what it actually means is Nothing nothing. When Jesus says nothing, that means no thing. Revelation 3 and 20 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man here, <coughs> you don't have to have certain credentials. You don't have to have a certain progenitory. You don't have to have been born in the right part of town or go to the right school or raised in the right neighborhood. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. If any man. Only Jesus can talk that all inclusively. Hey, that means you. If any man and l- l- let's move on here that uh, all things work together all things work together now now the writer said we know this. it's not guesswork here. this is not see, si, come saw like this like that maybe yes, maybe no no we know this. All things work together. That means the circumstances of your life are not at odds with each other. Your life is a coat of many colors. There are bright colors and pastels. There are days of darkness. My youngest son, Justin, his wife, Natha, her mother, Sharon, right now are probably in the darkest moment that they've ever lived in their life they're stuck in Houston don't know where they're going to go all kinds of questions and i promised him on the phone day before yesterday i said justin this is going to unfold take my word for it it's all going to unfold in a process And uh, all things work together. When, When Laura was blowing through Cameron and Calcasieu Parish a couple of weeks ago, according to Psalm chapter 68 and verse 19, on that day, God loaded us with benefits. He daily loadeth us with benefits. That means you think about the worst day of your life, the day you got the most crushing phone call or text or what knock on your door. On that day, God loaded you with benefits. All things work together for good. We know this. Why do we know this? Because God said we know this. Work together for good does not say all things are good because all things are not good. I saw a picture on a video on Facebook here a while back of a little boy with a box of Hershey's powdered chocolate and he was eating it with a spoon and I thought, hallelujah. Cocoa, sugar. Who wants to eat uh, half a cup of sugar or a cup of flour or a raw egg? If you're, eating in, if you're into eating raw eggs for your health, you need a piece of chocolate cake. Who, who, have you ever tasted vanilla flavoring? It's awful. It's awful. But you mix all that together, add a little milk, put it in a pan, bake it for 20 minutes and you have a chocolate sheet cake that would make a rooster pull a freight train. All things work together for good. There are ingredients of your life that are not good, those sad, tough, harsh days. People say things to you that embarrass you and hurt you and Anger you, but we know that they work together for good. The outcome is going to be good. We know that. <clears throat> 2020, a significant opportunity to learn wonderful things about Jesus. For good to them that love God. Now God's love for us never has been questionable. You will not go to heaven because Jesus loves you. You will not go to hell because Jesus hates you. Hell will be filled with people that Jesus loved that He died for, that He gave His life for. If you go to heaven, it will not be because He loves you. It is because you opened yourself, your heart, your mind, your spirit to His love and let it work diligently in your life to them who are the call. We know this. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. John 15, 16, Jesus said, You've not chosen me, I have chosen you. I remember my dad pastored over at Kilburn when I was in elementary school, And at uh, P.E., we would a lot of times uh, play baseball, and uh, a couple of the very good players like Willard Burr and Ricky McDowell, they were captains because they were so good, and then the rest of us would back up against the uh, backstop there, and they would choose teams, and they would start picking one after another. And I was standing there rocking back and forth thinking, oh, don't make me last. Don't pick me last. It'd usually come down between me and Hurley Farrell. And I said, oh, God, don't make me get picked after Hurley Farrell. Hurley could hit the ball about 30 feet, but he was so fast he could get a triple out of that. I had to hit the ball to the fence to get a single. And, and there I was, and I was thinking, pick me. Please pick me. Come on, somebody pick me. And Jesus said, I pick you. You're here today because God chose for you to be here in this service. He, you're here because He wanted you to hear your pastor sing. Hold to God's unchanging hands. He chose you to be here so you could hear that song to them who are the call. And then here's the meat of the verse according to His purpose. That's the meat of the verse. According to his purpose. That's why you can know all of this. You don't wake up in the morning without God having an agenda for your day. You don't, he did, your problem does not catch him off guard. Your struggle does not creep up on his blind side because Jesus does not have a blind side. (laughs) When he said, follow me, that meant when you get where you're going, he'll already be there. He'll already be there. (sighs) We are all players and Stagehands in this marvelous drama called The Purpose of God. Every one of you are involved in that. Whatever your spiritual address is here today, whether you have been serving the Lord with your whole heart for many decades or whether you're just coming around finding your sea legs in the kingdom of God, you are a valuable commodity to the purpose of God. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8 says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose according to his purpose the circumstances of your life are not just a whim or an afterthought they're not how can I explain logically why 50 years ago this summer a mobile home fell on my father instantly taking his life when 40 seconds before it fell I was laying in the exact spot where he was laying. How do I know that? Well, take my word for it. I've walked through it too many times. Sister Chance, I can't logically explain that. People say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to ask God anything. He's already given me everything I need to know right here. I don't want to know what happened to the dinosaurs or whether or not Adam had a belly button I I, I would like to know how to operate saran wrap I don't care when my wife says put saran wrap on that I don't even try no more I look for the aluminum foil I can work that Saran wrap winds up just like a little old ball of plastic in my hand. It's terrible. It's most it's the most awful invention known to man. That maybe I'll ask, Jesus, could you operate saran wrap? I'm just I'm just mouthing off. I don't know. Who knoweth, Job 12 and 9 says. Who knoweth not in All these things that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this. in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Mercy doesn't check out. Grace doesn't take a day off. Your missteps are not an embarrassment to Jesus. When He saved you, He fully expected you to be raptured, to be with Him forever. When you err, when you fall, when you go backwards, when you don't follow through on every promise, He doesn't look down and shuffle his feet and wish he had never known you. No, Hebrews 11 and 16 says God was not ashamed to be called their God. And those people in Hebrews 11 that we call the heroes of faith, some of those folks were a mess. I mean a first class, grade A, homogenized USDA stamped mess. Their life was crazy. But God was not ashamed. When he puts his finger on your nose and chooses you, that means you belong to him. He's your, you his. That's right. It's often been said that grandchildren are God's reward to you for not killing your children. My wife and I are still learning things that my boys did when they were young that we had no idea. Every time we have a family get together, they come up with some new gosh awful story about something they got involved in. We didn't have any idea. Thank God. Or I might would be in Angola right now. But you know what, I remember something happened to our family one time and uh, it it was a jolting thing and I called my boys into our bedroom and I had us all four sitting on the bed and I, I said, look around this bed. Everybody on this bed spells their last name M-A-H-O-N-E-Y. That's because we're family. We're family. And none of that has changed. None of that has changed. God's not ashamed. Praise God. God's not drawn a a line under your life yet. There's no sum total of your days on this earth. Jesus wants to invest more in you and your family than he has ever invested before. Jesus doesn't get nervous during the winter. When the trees are bare and those bare sticks of branches and limbs are pointed to the sky, he doesn't sit on the side of his bed and rock back and forth, bite his fingernails and sweat bullets and think, oh God, look at my creation. It's a mess. You know why? Because his purpose is in the roots and the trunk of that tree. Job chapter 14 and verse 7 says, For there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down. Now that seems impossible. There is hope of a tree if it be cut down. That it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. That's why Jesus doesn't get nervous during the winter because he knows his purpose is in that root. I guarantee I'm not a prophet, but I guarantee I'm preaching to some mother and some dad that has a wayward child that has slipped out from under the God's umbrella for a while. And you worry and you're concerned and you pray. But I want to tell you something, the purpose of God still working in that child. It's still alive in that child. according to his purpose you brought your struggles brother toby would you help me you you brought your pressures your fears your pain into this sanctuary today i'm glad i can bring it all i'm glad there wasn't a sign at that door when i walked in that said if you have struggles and if if everything's not right in your life, you'd be better off not to go in there. I'm so glad there was not a sign like that. You can bring it all here. Maybe you aren't blooming brightly right now. Oh, you you know how what I love about the spring is when those Bradford pears are blooming and they're so white and beautiful. Maybe this is not that season for you, but again, yeah. Jesus is not taking Xanax. He's okay because your purpose, His purpose is right there. in He's counting on His purpose to always be productive in your life. Back in the early 60s, an archaeologist discovered a little leather bag of seed corn in a pyramid where it had laid for 3,000 years. He didn't know really what to do with it. He, he, when he got back to his office in uh, the university from which he was working, he, he put that little bag of corn in his metal desk where it laid for an additional 30 years. And then a few years ago, someone was rummaging through that desk, and they found that little bag of corn. They didn't know the whole story till they researched it and realized that it had been extracted from that particular pyramid. So he took a few of those kernels of corn, and on a whim, he planted them. And what do you think happened? They sprouted, and a corn stalk grew. After laying for over 30 centuries in darkness, you know why? Because the purpose of God was in that kernel. And just about the time that you think it's over. It's not even over when it's over. If you don't believe that, ask Lazarus. Shall we stand together? You may not realize it, but you know some stuff. You know some real special stuff. If you don't know it and you don't understand it, Don't worry about it. It will unfold in your behalf. God will reveal it to you. Some preacher will preach it to you. Wow. Just think about where Christian life, church, is going to be five years from now. I'm not saying it's going to get better and there won't be more viruses. Our politics is not going to get better. You know, because we're still people. But I'll tell you what, whatever I have to do, I'm going to take my mask and my antibacterial lotion Wherever I need to, and hopefully the day will come where I won't need it. But if I had to wear a mask every day from now to the rapture, it's just fine. Because what you know far outweighs what you do not know. Can we worship the Lord together?